You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. This is John DiGregorio from Movie Loves Unite, and I just want to go on ahead and say thank you to everyone that's been supporting me over the year for doing my movie news podcast, doing my movie page and everything. I just want to say a big thank you to everyone that's been supporting me. And not only that, but I just want to go on ahead and mention my friend who actually does uh, some promotions and stuff like that. And if you're actually looking for a digital marketer, I strongly recommend that you check out my friend Alexander. And matter of fact, he's actually on Fiverr and it's Alexander650650. And like I said, he does a good job with digital marketing. He also ends up doing your cover art and everything else for your podcast as well. And he just now started doing that and everything. And he does a fantastic job at that. Let me just tell you that. And, you know, like I said, he's good at social marketing. And he's also has a team to actually help him with his podcast hosts to achieve their goals. And his team has professionally digital marketers, content blog writers, and graphic designers. And they will help you to take your podcast to another level by producing attractive cover art, like I mentioned, and a touch of professional podcast promotion service. Feel free to ask any questions that you may have. Go on ahead, check them out on Fiverr, and it's Alexander650650. And tell them, t- do me a favor. If you guys are listening to this, if you guys are podcasters, if you guys want someone to actually help you out with your podcast, make sure that you tell him that Movie Lovers Unite actually sent you. And as always, until next time, bye-bye. Oh, yeah, one more thing before I actually sign off. And that is the fact, if you guys want to donate towards the show, you guys don't have to at all. But if you guys choose to, it will be greatly appreciated. And here's the thing. You go to buymeacoffee.com slash unite, and you can donate me a cup of coffee. And a cup of coffee actually means dollars. And you can actually donate me five cups of coffee, ten cups of coffee, or whatever you want me to actually have to actually control my caffeine intake. You guys can go on ahead and for lead, go on ahead and do that and everything, and it'll be great, greatly appreciated. What it does is it actually helps with keeping the lights on for Movie Lovers Unite. It actually helps with doing giveaways whenever I actually have a chance to actually do digital movie giveaways. It helps with actually having me actually having better podcasting equipment and stuff like that so go on ahead donate to me if you feel like it if you don't that's okay too i understand this whole entire pandemic actually has the world upside down right now and you guys can't do it i totally get it but anyways i hope everybody enjoys their night and always until next time bye bye hey eric how are you doing i'm pretty good Uh, same here (laughs) (laughs) so i just man most definitely, man. I'm just, I've been looking forward to this uh, all week, to be honest with you. So, um, I just wanted to know um, something. How did you wind up getting into doing what you're, what you're doing? How did I get into acting? I worked behind uh, scenes 
most of the time before I even thought about it, really. Because I'm a little bit of a odd shape, kind of shaped like a pear with a big belly. <laughs> I, I gotcha. But uh, and- I, I, I saw a post on Facebook with somebody looking for somebody to be their scene partner in a acting class uh, that was being hosted by Jeremy London. Okay. And I said, well, I don't have the kids right now. They're by their grandmas. So screw it. I'll go. I went, had fun, had a blast. I said, man, I might want to try this. A week later, I had an audition for a movie called Between Worlds. And uh, it just kind of happened that uh, before I got back to the highway from that audition, they said, we want you for the part. Come back and sign the uh, contract. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool, man. I mean, I never seen someone, you know, you just go in for a one-time thing and then all of a sudden it winds up being more than what you actually thought it would be. Yeah, there's been five of them already. <laughs> oh, wow. That is really awesome, though, man. I- I'm really happy for you, especially when with us, you know, growing up in a small town yeah, and everything, man, I too. I grew up in Buras, Louisiana, Hurricane Katrina. Decided it was a good idea to take my whole entire town, so I'm looking for a new one, you know. At that time, and me and my whole family, well, my whole immediate family landed in Popperville, and it felt as close as I can get as being from my hometown without actually being there, man. So I was like, I, I'm, I ain't going anywhere. I don't blame you. Th- this is a small town, but it also has family. It also has a lot of family values to it as well, and also yes. to very welcoming. I feel like the, the good parts of the town are still stuck in the 50s where they belong. <laughs> It definitely feels like Mayberry sometimes, you know? It's, like, yeah. so unreal. <laughs> like, my, my buddy that uh, runs the the only barbershop in town that counts, Pearson's Barbershop. That's the one I go to. <laughs> Jason's a good guy, man. Yes, he is. He's very He's good. still old school. He knows how to cut hair. He, he, ain't, he can do anything. So, that's Most the only place I take my kids, even. And another thing, too, is I want to say welcome to the show. I kind of cut it <laughs> um, with me just uh, talking about uh, about you for a few minutes. But I just want to say welcome to the show. I do appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your day to actually be on the show with me. Uh, no problem, man. These, right. these, are, these are the fun parts of the job. Most definitely. I, You know what? I have a lot of fun just interviewing people and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong. I love doing movie reviews and stuff like that. But doing these one-on-one interviews with other people in this industry is just really awesome. You know? Yeah, because you can learn so much. more from a conversation <laughs> than you could ever learn from watching a hundred movies of theirs. Most definitely. Or, or listen to a hundred podcasts. But when you're doing it yourself, what that person? It's completely different because you can glean a lot more. Definitely. You can definitely glean a lot more towards stuff. And like you said before, before we even started the podcast too, you actually learn from other actors and actresses as well, giving you pointers on here and there. And that's actually what I'm doing with my podcast too, just learning from certain people and stuff like that. So the the only way to get better is to learn, man. That's, exactly. that's what people fail to realize. Do they think Joe Rogan just started his podcast and was the as good as it is right now? Definitely not. No. He learned. He got better. Just like you're going to learn and you're going to get better. And hopefully, I'll learn and get better. That's exactly how I feel, though, too. I'm, I feel like every single day is a learning curve. You know what I'm saying? There's always a yeah. chance of learning. Now, people, people think you just start in this industry and you never have to learn again. I'm like, are you outside of your mind? This, I think, is the you... one in, this is the one industry that you never stop learning. Not a single day. Not a single second. Exactly. And, you know, I do feel like, you know, with this industry, you're learning a lot more. Just because you're into this one role and everything, you learn several other roles to go with everything else, too. And also, too, you also learn how to stand. You learn how to actually balance yourself as an actor and then also too sometimes with no dialogue you're actually dialed into the character and people fail to, re- to realize that you're going to have just as much of a dialogue without dialogue you know what i mean you can actually act with your body rather than you're having some type of uh dialogue coming out 90 percent of 
human communication is body language. Exactly. You can say more with your body than you could ever say with your mouth, unless you happen to be in a Quentin Tarantino movie where they never don't speak. Exactly. Because there's always something, some type of dialogue going on in a Quentin Tarantino film. Yeah. And I love Quentin Tarantino movies. Oh, he's a great, he's good, man. He's a cool guy. You ever meet him in person? Oh, did you ever get to meet him or, or is it someone? Yeah, but just, just passing by though. I never like, but, but I seen him interacting with people and I've always, always heard bad things, but when I was there, I did not see one bad thing. Yeah, so, it seems like the media always wants to nitpick on certain things and make it yes. this big old huge thing. Like, ooh, if we blow this up, guess what? Boom, he's going to look like a bad guy and we're going to have rating. Exactly. That's all they care about is what's good for them rather than what's good for the actor or director or whatever. And just whatever can get views and get people talking. Yeah. You know? And I just can't stand that. I really cannot stand... For them to just have clickbait articles, stuff like that. As a matter of fact, that's why I started this movie podcast and also doing my news articles because I got tired of seeing fake news articles towards uh, movies coming out and things like that. I was like, you know what? That's it. I'm done. I'm I'm going to do my own thing. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes uh, great situations or great people are made, and sometimes it is thrust upon them. Remember that? Yes. That is yeah, very wise. You never know, man. Exactly. This could be your milieu. I feel like it is. I've always been into film as a young kid. So, you know, my aunt always told me, you know what? You're going to be a film critic someday. You're going to, and you know what? I always want to do acting, but like my friend from JoeBlow.com says, most of the critics that you actually get are 99% uh, of actors that are actually doing movie reviews. <laughs> So, so I'm actually happy at the spot that I'm in right now because it's just a privilege to be able to do what I'm doing. Absolutely. People so, think, oh, all the actors are stuck up. I, I haven't met one yet. Exactly. I, I met Jamie Foxx, and he was the coolest cat I've ever met. And you, know, you want to know something really interesting about that cat? Did yeah, I, I do. Him? Yeah, I do, man. Tell me. He takes his disabled, his mentally, uh, I don't know how to say it without sounding like an asshole, his mentally uh, disabled sister with him almost everywhere he goes to make sure that she is taken care of 24-7. Oh, that is amazing. You don't hear stuff like that, you know? Yeah, because he doesn't give a crap to broadcast it because right. he, he's real with it. He's not doing it for show, man. Right, exactly. That just shows how humble he is as an actor and everything, you know? I, I really feel like yeah. Jamie has actually come a long way since the Jamie Foxx show, since we actually saw him in Booty Call. I'll tell you what, even before that, when he was in In Living Color, he made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't so, laughed that hard in my life. when I, when I, I Every time I hear that, that little thing, he used to say, Hey. <laughs> He was always one of my favorite characters off of In Loving Color, to be honest oh, with you. Uh, him and Jim Carrey, man. For sure. Jim Carrey wow. stole the show every single time he would come on there, but Jamie Foxx, he was actually the standout of A Living Color to me. Every time. Still does. I thought it was better than even Martin's Shanene. Uh, right. Martin's Shanene is great, but nothing beats Jamie Foxx's character, especially when he goes, hey... And just doing his Jamie Foxx thing, you know what I'm saying? I just call it, I just call it Jamie Foxx-isms, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I just make up my own word. <laughs> it's really strange, man, because when you meet the people that you expect to be uh, buttheads, maybe, uh, right. those are usually the ones that are not. Exactly. I went in that fully expecting to be rebuked or be like, you know, what the hell are you doing trying to talk to me, but... It was complete opposite. He invited it. You know, he wanted the dialogue. So That's was, great. Yes. I get to learn something from somebody <laughs> that knows a lot more about about a subject than me. You know, that's that's the kind of stuff that you learn. The, 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 just a the general interaction because you can use that if your character ends up needing it in a scene. 
Right. And then, you can, like you said, you can always ask Jamie, hey, look, how can I improve my character better if I did this? Or how can I actually improve as an actor what you went through and tell me what the transition is to get to that point? Yeah. You know? It, it's, and, you know, I met Ariel Sulewink and Henry East. If I'm saying his name right, I'm pretty sure I'm not. What's his name? Henry Youth, J-O-O-S-T. That sounds about right. But he, everybody kept telling me, oh, man, try not to talk to him. He's grumpy. Uh, you know, all the other people on the set. But when I was in my little building that you've seen in the movie, and he came and sat there and just talked to me like we were friends our whole lives, man. That's just so, awesome, you know? I'm like, you know, and you know the guy, the other guy, Ariel Silverman, you know who his brother is, right? Uh, tell me who his brother is. Neve, the direct catfish, yeah. Okay, their that's actually pretty movie, cool. Their first movie, they all worked together, and it was called Catfish, which is what got the show started, right? Right, I remember that. I, I do remember yeah. that. It's just, and don't forget you know, Paranormal 3 and 4. And they directed Nerve. And the 2016 oh. movie, that's a great one, man. Oh, yeah, I remember Nerve. I, I remember that movie. I remember they seeing the previous four. Yeah. And that's the okay. movie. That's the movie that got them the chance to uh, direct Project Power, man. I can't wait to actually see this film. I haven't had a chance to yet. I just got off of work not too long ago. But as soon as I do, I'll let you know what I think about it. But my question is this, as far as Project Power goes and everything, what was it? I know we got a little bit of what it was like on the set. Everybody was friendly and everything. But, you know, what kind of pointers did Jamie actually give you as far as an, being an actor and everything goes? You know, it's, it, our conversation was pretty brief. But he's just like, just have fun, man. But the one the one that I, that I interacted with the most, but not... I interacted with Joseph Gordon-Levitt some, but right. he was getting ready to go and do his thing. But it was Dominique Fishback, young kid. But let me tell you something. She's so good in this. And this is one of her earlier, you know, first 10 movies or whatever. But she's so good in this. If she keeps this up, and I told her this when I was talking to her, she'll be the next Viola Davis, man. I I think I can't. I, you know what? I can't wait to actually see that to see her performance in this to actually so I can actually see that. She, you know, is damn good, man. Like insane, way better than I thought to be that young and that good already. I, I'm I'm just like wow. I should have started this twenty years ago. <laughs> but you know what? Though I'm glad that you're actually starting this now and everything and you're getting your name out there which is actually the best thing for you you know because a lot of people right now they're still doing auditions they're still trying to get out there past the whole entire thing of doing uh extras and movies and stuff like that you know they're and they're trying to get to that level where they can actually work with other actors where they can actually do things and you and i feel like that you've been blessed to where you can actually get these little small parts and everything and get your name out there. And then who knows, maybe another actor, big name actor that you actually worked with might actually say, Hey, you know what? Maybe I might want to put Eric in there. Did you ever think about doing that? And then next thing you know, it, the director will say, you know what? Let's uh, you like him. We're going to go in here and see what he's, what he's got. You know, people underestimate how blessed anybody is. Right. To be in the position to make art. And make money from that art. Right. Because the, the second you start not liking it is the second you should be out of it, man. Most it definitely. Should, it should never feel like work, ever. Definitely I was so not. blown away at the level of organization that they had to have to shoot our little scene. I was like, oh, I'm never directing a movie unless it's a, <laughs> unless it's a two-camera 10 actor max setup because I am not dealing with this. They had hundreds of extras all taken care of and fed. And I'm, I'm not talking about 
no chips and, and stuff like you hear about sometimes. They, they were fed, buddy. Steak and everything. Oh, wow. Yes, now I'm Netflix. hungry for a steak. <laughs> Netflix does not play. I'm telling you. And they they were taken care of. They had uh, places to get dressed and everything safely with nobody being able to see them getting dressed. You know, they had dividers and everything. It, I was like, wow. It just goes to show you, show you how big of an organization that Netflix is. Because at one time, Netflix was just this little bitty company where you would just fend off your disc. Mailing off DVDs. Do you remember that era? Yeah, I remember that very well, you know, and then it went into the digital age where you would wind up choosing the um, movies that you want and put it on your list, and then you go on ahead and get that in the mail, too. Yeah, I loved it, man. I, and you know, I actually kind of miss Blockbuster, though. I do, too. I miss the interaction and everything. As a matter of fact, I used to work in a video store. I used to work at Movie Gallery and Pop the Bill. And, did? yeah. Uh, back in 04. Oh, that's way a long time ago. Yeah, and I, I remember. <laughs> uh, no, not yet. <laughs> but it was just fun interacting with people, and then they would actually get your view on a movie or whatever, and then they would go check out that film based on what you thought. And I don't like the five-star rating or anything like that. I like the human interaction. Yes, you know? it, it's just something about it. That's why people crave the theater a lot more than they do. Pay him thirty dollars, like Disney's gonna try to get people to do to pay for a, a Mulan at home. Right. I'm like, and I watch it bad, but and I might pay thirty dollars if I was going in person to a theater to watch it. But if I'm gonna sit at home, I'm just gonna wait for it to go on Disney Plus. And just uh, now I have a question about that though. Are you gonna pay the thirty dollars on Disney Plus, or are you just gonna wait until it actually is free on Disney Plus? No, I'm not paying the thirty dollars. Okay, uh, that's what I was wondering about. Not <laughs> until my kids beg me enough that I go ahead and do it anyway, but I probably won't. Right, I, <laughs> I don't blame you. I mean, thirty dollars is an expensive load and everything. Even though I get why they would actually charge thirty dollars to do it, but. You know, for most people now, especially... I mean, with- it makes sense, man. They spent all that money, and then coronavirus crap came and shut everybody down. People think, oh, my work got shut down for a couple of weeks. I'm like, are you kidding me? Entertainment, anybody that's in the entertainment business was shut down for four or five months. Exactly. With no... Anime- because like- when you're technically a... What do you call it? A self-employed person. Good luck trying to get unemployment. Definitely. And, you know, that's like Diego and uh, the Silvas that I interviewed. Because Diego is actually a a producer and director and an Emmy award-winning director and producer. And his wife is actually an acting coach. And she also has her own show. But Diego was even telling me the amount of stuff that he had to go through on the months that he was actually laid off because of this coronavirus mess and everything. And that's months without it and losing money at that. Yeah. People, I mean, I I, I would rather everybody be able to have work and money, but I feel more for my fellow creatives. And I know that might feel wrong to say to some people, but when you... Get with a group of people that appreciate the same type things that you appreciate and work toward the same type goal as to create the best art you can with what you have. Man, there's not a feeling in the world better that I experienced than that, except maybe basic training when I was in the Army. Oh, thank you for your service, by the way. Uh, I don't need nothing. I was just in there for a couple of years. <laughs> but I didn't still, go to war or anything. I didn't see the battle. But, but uh, still, you did more than I did. I'll tell you that. So you. you're but very that, welcome. That same type of camaraderie that you develop when you're going through basic training and all them trials and tribulations that you got to go through to make it through. And uh, when you're on set and things go wrong and you have to work them 16, 20 hour days and then you wonder like, why am I doing this? And then you see your other friends struggling. So you get up and you, do it again 
and you don't complain about it because you know you're helping your friend. You're not just doing it for yourself. You're helping the whole team. That camaraderie can't be beat, man. No, definitely not. It's literally impossible. And, you know, I feel like that's what we're missing nowadays, too, is the fact that we're people being nice to each other just not to get something out of something, you know? And I, I just feel like, you know, for instance, you know, it's good to have just good friends that will actually do something for you and that's be true. there for you yeah. and not even have, be it about them, you know? Good luck in this world with that, man. I'm actually blessed to actually have a couple of friends like that. But other than, like, I have a small circle of friends. I learned just to keep a small circle keep <laughs> based off small, experience. Keep it real, man. Exactly. But let's let's talk about this for a minute. I know that you you starred in Between Worlds with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Or you played a little uh, small part. <laughs> but my question is this. I want to know something. How does he pick his roles? What how does that's mind boggling to me because I know that he went through a lot of stuff between the IRS and trying to get him to have a comeback. And I've been rooting for him. I've been on his side from the time he was struggling all the way until now. And I, he, and I think going what he told me, he picks his roles if he likes them. And if he thinks the people that he's working with, could get the most out of it. He's not worried about making anybody famous. He wants to work with the people that want to work, man. Because that's all he wants to do is work. He loves acting. He is acting. That's another thing, too. Like, every single... Yeah, he's doing straight-to-DVD movies and stuff like that. But every single thing he does, he commits to. He's not playing a carbon copy of himself, which is a great thing. And he is completely method. I agree with you on that. When I tell you... That he was that character when we were on set. He was that character. I can turn it on and off at times. Because I knew I was basically making fun of him. I knew I could turn it on and off. Right? But of course, he he got me back for that in real life. (laughs) He did? How did he do that? I'm I'm interested now. You got my attention. (laughs) So we're waiting between sets. I mean, between sets. Between set-ups with the camera, Right. right? They have a makeup lady on each side of me and a wardrobe person on each side of me pulling my pants down. I know that sounds strange. And (laughs) my shirt up to get just the right amount of butt crack to show and to put little spots on it. So he walks in and he's not paying attention to really anybody because he's, he's his character already. So he walks in, he sees what's going on. And he gets that Nicolas Cage smirk. <laughs> so I know, I, in my head, I'm like, oh, shit. Here we go. Great. The wheels are already turning. So he walks up. He's sitting there watching him. And that smirk just gets bigger and bigger until it does almost that Elvis thing that he does once in a while. Yep. And I'm like, yeah, oh, God. So he yells, Miss Maria, because the director is Maria Polera, right? Mm-hmm one of the nicest people I ever met and she's all of about four foot ten but she's the one who taught me on the show my butt crack (laughs) I guess she thought I wouldn't be down for it I'm like are you kidding me getting paid to To show your ass to moon people and get away with it (laughs) that is every man's dream (laughs) so he, he says Miss Maria um I know I'm supposed to have my props, uh, but do you know where they are? So they, the prop guy comes over there, brings him his prop hot dog, his prop coat. And he's looking at me, and he's looking down at his props. He's looking at me. He's watching the ladies work. He's looking at me. He says, now, Miss Maria, I was wondering about this hot dog. I wanted to know if you wanted me to pull it back so it fits in the bun to make it look like it's supposed to be in this bun because it was extremely oversized, right? It's like a, a daggone uh, foot-long hot dog in one of the regular six-inch buns, right? Right. So he, he pulls it back. He, she said, let me see it both ways. So he pulls it back, shoulders her, and you couldn't see the hot dog. He had it hidden right, man. He knows what the hell he's doing. That's why people fail to realize he, he pays attention to every detail. 
He pulls it back. It fits. He's sitting there holding it. And she's like, okay, let me see it the other way. So he says, so you want me to go full wiener? So he pulls the, <laughs> the hot dog out, and he's holding the back half of it. So the, the, the hot dog's just flopping around, right? She said, she says, let's go full wiener. He says, well, don't you think that's kind of suggestive with his pants halfway down? <laughs> All right. I love that. Wow. <laughs> I, and I laughed. So people were like, are you okay? I'm like, I, I am not laughing. I'm not coughing like this because I am upset. I'm coughing because this is the funniest shit I've heard in a long time. <laughs> I haven't laughed like that in a long time. And, there, and <laughs> that, that, awesome. that just that just made it okay for them to laugh, so everybody laughed. <laughs> and it, I, I was nervous when he walked up. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I was like, ooh, this is my first movie. I can't mess this up. Funny thing was, two of my friends were on the set. One of them told me to relax. One of them shot me the bird because he wanted to be in the movie, but he was working behind the scenes. <laughs> they were both working behind the scenes, but they're both gone now. But the one that shot me, I mean, they both passed away, man. Oh. So Nathan Smith yeah. and Boogie Dabney, love them to death. Well, I'm, I wish they were still here. But they, but if Nathan Smith had not shot me the bird at that moment, I think I might have messed up at first. Really? That cat was so intuitive that he knew to do something because he saw the nerves. He did what he thought would uh, break him out of nerves, you know, because, you know, he'd give right. me a laugh. So he's like, you know what, I'm going to fix it. That's what he told me. He said, I knew how to uh, get you to not be nervous anymore. I just needed to make you smile. So he puts his finger on the side of his ear, his hand on the side of his ear, and just puts all the other fingers down, and he's sticking me to bird. And I'm like, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and then I started laughing. So after that, I was, I didn't care who was in front of me. I could have acted with anybody at that point, man. That's good, though. I mean, that actually helped you build some confidence in yourself and also yeah. know that you have what it takes to do what you have to do in this industry. Another funny uh, joke with uh, old Nicholas Cage. He says to, uh, no, no, he wasn't talking for it. It was uh, Franco Patente, the one that plays the female lead in Between Worlds. She says, oh, I love the fruit around this area. And she's talking in her thick, real accent, which is like a German accent, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, what kind of fruit? She says, especially the peaches. Oh, I know where this is going. He says, <laughs> peaches? I can eat a peach for hours. <laughs> so and, all of a sudden he goes into cast a toy. Okay, so everybody gets quiet because she's just completely clueless right she doesn't know where it's going she doesn't think it's a dirty comment but she really has no idea where it came from and then she it clicked and she goes oh she smacks herself in the forehead with her hand and and everybody just started laughing (laughs) even he had a smirk and he doesn't break character man but he smirked on that one he he knew what he was going for he he knew full well (laughs) When he has that smirk on, you know that something's going to end up happening. I'm like, here we go. <laughs> because even on camera, he's like that with that smirk that he has, yeah. you know? He's just a generally, he cares a lot about everybody in the production, not just himself, bro. That's awesome. Not, I mean, all the way down to the the crew. Anybody on the crew. It could be a PA and he would still be mad if something happened to him and he thought they didn't deserve it another thing too is i was wondering too like what advice did he give you as far as acting besides not going full wiener but (laughs) (laughs) he basically says don't let anybody choose your roles for you Mm. in other words if you want to do something and you believe in it do it Right, because, you know, you have these agents that said, well, I don't think that would be the role for you. I don't think that you should do that role. I think you should do this role right here. Listen, I love my agent. Her name is Fiona Turner with Louisiana Talent Agency. And she she represents two of my friends, too. Joseph Pulliking 
and Chip Career. And we were all three in Project Power. That is pretty cool. So if a boutique agent from New Orleans can get three of her talent in the same movie, I don't see her doing anything wrong. I don't either, to be honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) But, man. Yeah. Go on. Go ahead, Bob. I'm waiting on you. All right. So, another thing, too, that I was actually intrigued by was Joseph Gordon Lovitz and everything. I know he's a goofy character altogether, as far as as everything goes, you know? No, he's a bit of a. Oh, you're talking about in real life? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. But his character in the movie is probably different from what you've seen. Okay. I'm trying to, to find anything to equate it to, but I can't. It's different than, than any. You'll see little subtle things that are the same because that's just, I mean, you're a human being. But he was good, man, and extremely nice, and I didn't realize he was almost as tall as me. Really? I thought he was actually kind of short, to be honest with Dude, you. I thought he would no, be at he's least. Got, he's got to be at least 5'9", five, 5'10", five, man, at least. Okay. Because I was picturing him probably about five, maybe about five five, maybe about five six, nope. somewhere around that. Guarantee you, he's taller than that, buddy. Oh I wow! Stood, I stood right next to him and talked to him, and I was like, "Jesus Christ!" He said, "I didn't realize you were that tall." He just started laughing. It, you know that little <laughs> laugh he gets, that little side laugh, little yeah. side smile, that little side smile. That's what he did. So that's his when he smiles in a movie. That's him. Okay. I'm gonna that's have to check. Yeah, everyday natural life, man. Like I said, I'm excited for this movie. I mean, I saw the matter of fact, I had uh, Frenchie on uh, back whenever we saw the trailer for this, and we were both geeked out over this trailer for Project Power. And you know, we're like, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be great. We're we're involved with the whole entire aspect of this pill that can actually turn somebody into getting superpowers. This defective. My, My my feeling personally is. Had it had the chance to go to the theater, which is what Netflix was going to do with it. Really? It could have made two, it could have made a couple hundred million worldwide, man. I could see that. I could definitely see that because you have a Jamie Foxx. I mean it's movie, not gonna right? be it's not gonna be a billion dollar movie, but it's so identifiable because you have every different race. You have an Asian character, you have some a bunch of African-American characters. You have some white characters. You have some blended characters or mixed or whatever people call it nowadays. I don't care because I think everybody's right. a human. It doesn't same matter here. to me. <laughs> I don't but, care what religion anybody is. Same. I don't care what sexuality they are. The only thing I care about is how they treat other people, man. That's how I. That's all I care about it too as well, man, to be honest with but you. In this movie, you have some minority leads you have a white lead. You have all these different races just working together, man. It just I, I wish the world would work the way that movie worked. I'm telling you. And you see, that's one thing that I love about Netflix is how diverse it is. It, it, the diversity in the film industry, whenever you look at Netflix, it's just phenomenal. Yes, because this is, this is my world, man. This is the world that if I can remake the world, this is how it would be. Where everybody could just be their self, be happy doing whatever they love, man. And there's not nothing have to wrong worry about some redneck KKK crazy person bothering them or some other hate group. That's just the one that comes to mind first. Or them neo Nazi. I hate, I just want to curse right now. And I'm trying not to curse. <laughs> no, you can curse if you wanted to. Want to. If you want to just let it out and everything. To, okay. The only thing I could think of that comes to mind when I when I hear about those neo Nazis it just makes me just wanna dial one eight hundred. You ever seen the Medea movie? Yep. I've you seen Medea. You know what Uncle Joe says. What, what does he say? Uh slap a hoe? No, one eight hundred choke that hoe. Choke that hoe. Yeah. Every time I'm I thinking of them tattoos, that's the only thing I want to do. I agree with you on that. I mean, I, I never grew up racist. I believe everybody should be treated the same and everything else. 
You know, I don't have a racist bone in my body. I was not brought up on hate. Well, that's you know, we're actually human beings. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what I feel like that's missing nowadays, too, is, you know. Man, it's getting worse right now. It really is. It really is. And no one has that old school mentality of actually letting kids, you know, not, not teach hate. Racism you know? is taught. You're not born right. with it. Exactly. That's my point. It's taught. And you know what? That's funny because we had a movie called Blood Country uh, with a bunch of local actors. All of them were local, actually. And really? Yes. Except for, um, well, Jeremy London was actually technically local because he was living here at the time. And he, uh, all, all the cast was from Mississippi, man. That's freaking awesome. We had. A guy that I love to death, Raymond Sortillo. <laughs> <laughs> he had to say the N-word. Ooh. And it took him a while to be able to say it. Because he is not that person. Ever. But that's what the script called for. And he wanted to make sure he talked to the guy. So, you know, he didn't want to make anybody feel like it was really coming from him, you know? Right. And that's another thing, too, is, like, people will actually tell you, well, you're you're not saying it, but the character is saying it. But at the same time, it's actually hard to separate that because you feel like that you're actually saying it. it. That's the problem. Right. Trust me. If they thought you were the kind of person that actually enjoyed saying it, you're not going to get that part. Because they do not want to put any black people up to any kind of actual abuse. It'd be stupid. It would be because they'll be jeopardizing their own business. You'll be losing out on millions of dollars on uh, your budget. I I'm not even worried about that. I just don't want to make anybody feel bad if I can help. Right, that too. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, though. I'm thinking of from like yeah. a business perspective, though, yeah. too. You know, I, it's I, hard for me to. Sometimes it's hard for me to separate business perspectives on certain things. Yes, you know, yes. it's hard for me to when I. You know what? It's really strange, man. Because when we're filming that western. And we had the black kids, and two of them are, two of them are really good. One of them is in Atlanta, killing it right now. Who's that? He I'm wondering. Ah, uh, let me see if I can remember his name. I don't even want to try to lie. And I think I just remember his name. Uh, Aspen Kennedy. Okay. Okay. That kid is good, and I told him. You better not doubt yourself. And I told him you're going to have a blessing coming soon. And then he got to work with uh, a couple of people on a Tyler Perry show. That's so fantastic. He, and he's done some other things, but I'm not going to give it away because that's his business, right? Right. I he can does. understand that. I can respect that. But, but he's he's doing really well. And Jeremy's starting to make his, his uh, turnaround, you know, from his... Looks like uh, Mall Rats, the sequel, is going to happen now. Right. I cannot wait to see that, you know. I'm I'm a huge fan of that. He is going to – he's already killing it. He's he's doing good. He's got a beautiful partner that treats him the way he deserves named Leslie Stewart. And he is back to being Jeremy London of old, man. That's great. That's fantastic. when a time comes for that movie, he's going to kill it. I would be geeked out at just meeting Jeremy, you know what I mean? Because we grew up watching Mole Rats. first because I was like, you know, my, my thing was I was drawing that pe- parallel between him and Kevin Smith, which is my favorite director. Kevin Smith is definitely on my top list as well. And no, not only no, that. No, I, he might not be the most skilled. He might not be the most technically skilled. He might not be the right. greatest writer. But here's the thing. He will not be afraid to own anything he does. He will not throw the blame on anybody else. If he thinks the movie wasn't as good as it should have been, guess who he's going to blame? Himself. Himself. And I will work for a person like that. I don't care if I don't ever have a line in any movie he ever makes. If he, I'm telling you, that that's the kind of person you want to work for. Somebody that's going to have mm-hmm. you back, man. Exactly. Look at, look at him with Jason Mewes. 
when you can support a friend through drug addiction and help him turn his life around to the point where he has his own family now. I work with him every day, all day. And I work for him, whatever the SAG minimum is every time. Same here as well. You know, I love people that actually take accountability for their actions, especially if they're like, you know what? I could have improved on this. If this movie sucks, it's my fault. I'll yeah, take the ownership says, of it. Everybody says tough suck, but every time I watch it, I like it more and more, man. It's just one of those creepy little weird ass movies that you just can't walk away from because Michael Parks, the guy who played the older fella with the glasses that traps uh, the other guy in there. Uh, what's his name? Justin... Justin Long. Yeah, Justin Long, in it? Man, Michael Parks is amazing. I'll tell you what, that man gave me goosebumps when he's just sitting there talking to him. And oh, he's not doing God, anything to him yet. Had some, I wish we could have had a five or six more years at least with him making me some too. more appearance because he was so good. It, like, it, it, it would put them little, like you said, goosebumps on the back of my neck when I, like, I believed for a couple seconds. That Michael Parks was that character. I was like, wow. Just like when Meryl Streep made me believe she was that evil woman from The Devil Wears Prada. I don't even like saying her name. Right. She did a fantastic job on that. I mean, she did a top-notch job on Devil Wears Prada. And oh, my God. She was glued into that character. You cannot. It, but although Meryl always glues into herself, makes herself you know, disappear. Oh, she's great, bro. They're the only person that I, I think compares to Meryl Streep as far as acting ability is Viola Davis, which is why I made that uh, equation about her and with um, Dominique Fishback. Man, that kid has some talent. I'm telling you. But uh, I can't wait to the... see her more. Huh? I can't wait to see her on more stuff. Oh, when God, she... me too. I, I, I'm ready. She got a bunch of stuff in, about to start coming out. Um, we filmed a movie about the Dixie Mafia called Cornbread Cosa Nostra. It's direct, directed by Travis Mills, right? Local filmmaker. Mm-hmm. He works between here and Arizona all the time. And, uh, do you know we lost a couple of lead actors because they were threatened to be murdered? Oh, crap. I did not know that. <laughs> and I am not kidding. Like, how deep did it get? Like, Enough that the guy said, fuck you, I'm not doing this movie. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, now you're like... <laughs> right. Because, I'm you not, know, I'm, you have... I won't, I won't say his name, because I would never make anybody feel bad about anything. Because had they called me or told me the same thing, guess what I would have did? What's that? I'm not doing this movie. <laughs> I can't blame them, though. I mean... Especially when you're having th- death threats and stuff like that. And oh, no, yeah. You, you, look, it's not like I, my, my fat ass can run away from them. So if they came to get me, they're going to get me. So I'm not going to give them a chance. <laughs> I don't blame you. I would, I, I would actually quit, too. Because here's the thing. I can't run for shit either. So I'm like, you know but, what? I'm just going to go yeah. on ahead and hang this up. <laughs> But if we go back to critics all the way from the beginning of the uh, the conversation we're having, mm-hmm. everybody messes with the the movies that uh, old Travis makes, right? Right. On uh, like uh, what do you call it, Amazon Prime and stuff, where you can watch them right now. But it uh, astounds me that they think that he can make a movie on the level of somebody like Steven Spielberg on a budget of barely enough to even cover the cost. But you can actually find ways of actually doing that, though. You know, to cover the cost. Uh, no, like, man. It, but... It, if, if you've, when you go on set, you'll see what I'm talking about. Can you make a story good? Absolutely. Yeah. But can you afford to have 12 cameras to catch every True. single angle? So you can make continuous cuts and the actor never has to move. He can see or he can just basically keep going through her spiel. You're, you're not going to be able to do that. Right. They, I can see. They, I see your point on that. They think that you can sit there and make the same level of movie when he has enough movie to 
make sure that everybody's fed, everybody has a place to stay, and all that stuff. He never, you know, he didn't have, he had enough money to make the movie. He didn't have enough money to act like Netflix, if that's the easiest way to say it. Right, he didn't have, like, Netflix spending money. He had no, only he enough had, to actually... would be better. Right. And, and not because he would change as a storyteller, but, but he would be able to do it in the way that he would want to do it. Exactly. And, you know, I love independent films and everything. I love indie films. Because, you know, don't, don't get me wrong, I love the blockbuster stuff and things like that, but I love the indie stuff because the originality behind each thing that someone does... Between oh. the directors, actors. You want you want you want a free episode of a TV show that we are trying to get made. Go look up Scam County. Okay. Made by I'll definitely do that. Made by the cats at Kitty Get a Job out of Pensacola. I have a little bit part at the end of that. And if you if you like crude humor. Along the lines of, like, married with children, possibly a little bit worse, <laughs> without actually going too far, that'd be the one, man. Okay. I'll definitely that give that a shot. One. Oh, man. This has been a great conversation. Anything else you want to talk about, bro? Well, I wanted to know, and here's the thing. We have people that want to be actors and actresses. Okay. And I want to know. What advice can you actually give them? Because I know people are actually involved in this. I know that they're passionate about what they want to do. And they want, and, I, and here's the thing. I don't believe in shortcuts. I don't believe in shortcuts at all on anything in life. I believe in working towards your goal and actually getting, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I blood, blood, sweat, and uh, tears. But what advice can you actually give them to actually better themselves and to keep pushing? Take classes on acting. And people say, why would I need to take classes? I'm a human. I know how to act this way or that way. I'm like, no, you don't. And they will get offended, possibly. But it's not that. You don't know how to do it where the camera sees it. Because the camera will see everything. So if you overact, the camera and the audience is going to know it. If you don't act emote enough, guess what? The camera is going to see that, too. If you phone it in, as they say, they're going to see it. The camera sees all. So if you don't learn how to control your face, your emotions, and deliver it in such a way that the camera can see it, the audience can believe it, and the people filming you can believe it, then you're never going to be able to do it. And the only place you're really going to learn those tools is with acting. I agree with you 110% on that. And also, too, I mean, I can actually tell when an actor is just phoning it in. Uh, for example, Bruce Willis seems like he's just playing himself in almost every single role that he actually plays in now, rather than a character. That's just how I see it. But you're right. The camera picks up on every little detail. And people will take notice of that. Absolutely. And the, the one, the two acting coaches that, that I would use if it's anybody in this area listens to this is uh, Jim Gleason out of New Orleans or Lance Nichols or if you're close to the Mississippi coast you can go at Gary Grubbs. Okay. Well, all three of those are capable enough to get you where you can be to, to at least get started. And then if you, if you uh, prove to them that you're ready, they will help you try to find an agent, all three of them. That's awesome that they would actually go out there for you on a limb if they really loved, loved your acting, if they really know that you're passionate about it. That is great because you don't really hear a lot about, you know, people doing that for other people that much, you know? Man, they're, they're, they're down. Think about it. They're from the world. They're from the South. Right. This this is what we do. This is then, life is not a competition. No, I, I'm not in banking. I'm here to make art, and if I believe that somebody can make art that would entertain me, I'm gonna recommend them every time. 
if it ends up taking out of my mouth, I still did the right thing. Because I'm never going to let my myself get bad karma because of jealousy or anything like that. I will support any actor as long as they're not doing the wrong thing like you're hearing about right now. Right. With the Save the Children. I agree with you. I, I hands down agree with you on that. Because, because here's the thing. Do you oh, remember ahead. the movies from like the Rat Pack days? Yeah, I remember those. Okay. Do you remember? Now you know Adam Sandler has sort of, I mean, not on that level, but he has sort of like the same thing going with all of his group at Happy Madison, right? So they are always at least working because they want to take care of each other. Right. And if, if people would just do that a little bit more often, the whole entire industry would change so much so that they wouldn't be able to keep people out. Exactly. Because here's the thing. I feel like when you're on the set, you're basically family for those months that you're there. And because you're family, you actually have this bond of friendship. And that's exactly what Adam Sandler does. He has his friends. He actually had a bond of friendship since SN, uh, from the SNL days and yes. everything. And so, even, more so, even more so now with all these new protocols that we have to go through when we get right. back on set. You know what I mean? Right, because you have to Everybody, sense... When you go on set now, you have to be quarantined in a bubble. Wow, I did not know that. What else is the protocols that you guys have to go through? We have to be quarantined. We have to be tested. We have to stay quarantined throughout the whole process. And we have to be retested at certain points. And that's actually hard to do as an actor and everything because you want to be able to also collaborate with each other with the script as yeah. well. So you end up having a little bit longer rehearsals. It's going to cost a little bit more money. But if we keep people safe and get this uh, pandemic to go away, I'm all for it, man. Same here. Well, man, I, I just want to say this. It's been a blast just talking to you. And I know because I, I'm, I'm so uh, awesome. No, I'm <laughs> There's that little ego. I'm just kidding. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I absolutely I'm joking. am the opposite of that. <laughs> I know you are. I know you are. <laughs> I just like, I just like, like if uh, I can make somebody laugh. Right. Even at my own expense, it's worth it, man. Most definitely. And another how thing... many, how many days do you go through life and you're like, man, God, I just don't even want to get out of bed today. That could be, just... you could be the one person. If you just try to make somebody laugh on purpose, you could be the one person that saves a life, man. Most definitely. That's the way I look at it. If you can make someone laugh, and you know that you're, it's like a legit laugh. My goal right now that I'm starting to work toward is to become the bearded Chris Farley. Oh, okay. I want to see this happen. I want to see another, I want to see a bearded Chris Farley. That's I'm what I want. work on doing some of his most famous little scenes and put it together. You know, fat guy and a little bit. <laughs> so you want to make one big montage. That's oh, good. yeah. Oh, I'm definitely going to do his Chippendale thing, too. Oh, <laughs> that's going to be great. You know what would be funny, so, though? Have, like, a lumberjack uh, axe and everything, and you're outside and doing that. <laughs> <laughs> or, or dress up like the, when he dresses up like the girl with the, what the really dirty balls? Yeah. yeah, I could definitely see that. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a blast, man. Yes, it is. And, you know, I do, like I said, I do appreciate you taking the time out of your day to actually talk with me and do this interview. Not only that, but I do want to have you back on the show again in the future as well. So we can actually collaborate whenever you have some uh, free next time. time we, next time we could do video, man. Yeah, definitely. As a matter of fact, I'm actually working on that. Um, I actually have stream, uh, not stream labs, but stream yards actually um, in the process of doing that. My friend, I would he uses something called, it's like a, a gaming thing, but he does all his podcasts. Discord. Okay. okay. You ever heard of Discord? Yeah, I heard of Discord before. I actually have the Discord app, and as a matter of fact, uh, one of my friends that actually was on his show a couple of days ago doing Discord uh, for his show, I was. that's how we did it. 
video, audio, everything, man. How do you – okay, I need to know how to actually do all that with the video. I've never done it with uh, – i only done audio, so I've never I, done video. I doubt our uh, our little audience that we will have want to listen to this technical crap. <laughs> no, I doubt it too. But hey, it may make them excited, though, with the fact that I'm actually doing something with video, though, because I have been doing, like, little teases here and there. Like, I did a Taken review the other night. I've actually done – Movie Lovers Rewind, where I talk about movies that are ter- that turn 10 yeah. to 20 years old. Uh, okay, I got, I got, yeah. I got a, a question for you. Okay. Give me the parallel between Braveheart and The Last Samurai. Mm. <laughs> That's a tricky, trick one. It's not if you think about it. Okay. And when I, if you can't get it and I tell you, you're going to feel like an idiot because I felt like an idiot the same way when I realized it. Well, elaborate with me. Tell, uh, tell, uh, tell my audience about that. Why were both of those movies... What, what drove both of those movies? Think about it. Okay, so number one, it wasn't about Mel Gibson. It was about romance. That's true. Think about it. Everybody thinks it's nothing but a war movie. But had... They not killed uh, William Wallace's wife. That revolution would have never started. That's true. That's very had, true. Had Tom Cruise's character, Nathan Algren's, uh the guy he killed, his wife ended up taking care of him. He falls in love with her. Had that not happened, would Katsumoto or anybody live to, to, to make that war at the end? And to turn the emperor's uh, mind around. That's actually a good way of actually putting it. I never thought of it in that context before. Everybody says, oh, men are more powerful. But guess what? Women can change the world. They can. They really can. And I love women that actually speak their minds. And also to give you their honest opinion and thoughts, because yeah, I feel like I feel like women can actually do just as good a job that a man can. To be honest with you, I think they're more supportive. Most definitely, if they, if they believe in you, they will stay there to the end, man. Definitely, they will be there when you crash and burn. They'll they'll be there for you no matter what. They'll have your back no matter what. Yes. And that's one of the best thing about women. Yes. Besides that they're gorgeous. They are gorgeous. They All are that. Them. I don't <laughs> care if they're a hundred pounds or four hundred pounds. Women are beautiful to me. And it's not necessarily their uh skin. No. Their skin It's not uh, skin deep for me. I'm in love here. with a, I'm in love with a woman right now, let me tell you, man. I would jump off a bridge with her if she asked me to. And I'm not talking about to go kill myself, but you know how they do it. They got them videos on YouTube where you do that cliff diving and stuff like that. Yeah. I would not normally do anything like that, but if she said, hey, you want to go cliff diving? I'd be like, yes, ma'am. I'll be doing the same thing for my woman. I'll tell you that. I'm, so that's how much I me, love her and care about her. She, we're not together or anything. We're just like friends, but I'm telling you, she has me so motivated to be my best self. That's always you know, great, man. That that brings me joy to me because it's rare that you can actually find a, find a woman that actually brings out the best in you. Yes. yes. We Behind every great man, there is a woman. Either rolling her eyes at you sometimes. but <laughs> Absolutely. Or maybe trying to say, uh, who the hell are you talking to? Exactly. Or telling you, yeah, go ahead. Nothing's wrong. I'm okay. I'm like, ooh, that is code for I better shut up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or it's that look that that she that the girl gives you to as oh, well. That side eye, yes. Sir. Yeah, that's. <laughs> it's like okay, I think I just need to go ahead and punish myself now. I Let think I'll just go, go bury myself in grass before she comes in. <laughs> Kills me. <laughs> exactly. All right, bro. but all right, man. Well, it, like I said, it's been a pleasure. I'm glad to actually have you on. And where can everybody follow you if if you want people to actually follow oh, you? Oh, man. I, let me see if I even know my Twitter. Yeah, they can look me up on, on, on Facebook. I, I mean, they, I don't, I'm on there. It's more. okay. 
but they have this. What is it? How do you find your name on this Instagram? I pay attention to this stuff. It's okay. Uh, uh, Eric Scarab, and it's just all all one word. E R I C S C A R A B I N on uh, Instagram. And on that other one, what is it? With the bird, Twitter? Yeah, Twitter. <laughs> I got to figure out how to look up my day one. Thing it's on perfectly it. fine, man. <laughs> how do you find your name? Oh, at Scarab and, it's at Scarab and Eric. Okay. On Twitter. All right. And everybody can follow me at Movie Loves Unite, TV Loves Unite on Facebook. You can also follow me on Instagram at Movie Lovers, TV Loves Unite on Twitter at Movie Lovers Unit because they won't let me have, actually have the E because of the uh, characters that they only limited to let you have. And then, of course, you guys can also donate to buymeacoffee.com. And what that does, what that does is it actually gets me better equipment for the show, keeps the lights on, keeps everything flowing. Not only that, but I also want to start doing digital giveaways. So if you guys want to go on ahead, go to buymeacoffee.com slash unite. Go on ahead, donate me a cup of coffee, and always and until next time, bye-bye.